Our passage this morning is Psalm 128, a song of ascents. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You shall eat fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed and it shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Do you know that tune? What is it? Leave it to Beaver. It's a catchy tune. It's something that sticks in our heads. We're familiar with it and it evokes memories of, of the good old days. It evokes memories of a of sweet family, a wonderful family life, even as they were dealing with a mischievous beaver. It was a picture, the Cleaver family, of a happy home. You know, today we mock that type of show. We say that it's so fake. There's really no such thing as a happy home. Leave it to Beaver. The family is just a myth. It's a fantasy. And so we resolved to believe and to accept and to live through the lens of today's show, Modern Family. We land there. That's real life. Yet as we watch Modern Family and any other family shows, we long for a happy home. It's actually a longing for eternity. But on this earth, we long for a happy home. Can we truly have one? I would suggest this morning as we look at Psalm 128, that we can have a blessed, which means happy, a blessed happy home that is rich, that is full of life in Christ Jesus. And as we depend and surrender unto him and live in fear of the Lord, we can have this home, this beautiful home. And so the question this morning that we're going to look at, how can we have a happy home? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that our home, our real home, is in you. Our eternal home being prepared for us. And that we are at home in you. And Father, as we live on this planet, we desire to to have a home that is blessed. That is happy because of you. And so Lord, teach us uh, through this psalm this morning. Would you show us and reveal to us uh, how we can move towards that. We know it will never be perfect until eternity, but we long for a happy home. Would you minister to us this morning in your beautiful and precious name? 
Amen. The Psalms of Ascent, these wonderful songs that are drawing close to God in the pilgrimage up to Jerusalem. This psalm in particular, Psalm 128, is a, is a happy song. It's about the blessings of the Lord. In today's modern song, as we'd be heading up to Jerusalem, don't worry, be happy. We'd be humming that tune. This one kind of psalm it is. Blessings, happiness, come upon your family. Here's what it looks like. And we would sing on our way up to Jerusalem during the feast. Psalm 127 and Psalm 128 flow together. They're about hearth and and home. They're about seeking after the Lord. Last week we talked about unless the Lord is in the middle of all of this, then we labor in vain, we strive in vain. It continues on, unless the Lord's in the middle of the family, unless we are ones who are seeking after God, there's no blessing in that. If we're just trying to live for ourselves. So we're drawing upon the Lord and we're singing unto the Lord as we ascend to Jerusalem. Verse 1, blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. There's amazing blessings in the Bible as you read all throughout the scriptures. And one of the things that you come to conclude as you read all of scriptures is that the Lord loves to bless us. Do you realize that? The Lord loves to bless us. He loves to put his hand upon us and bring in us joy and life. He loves to bless us. Just like you and I love to, to bless our children. It's not with just stuff. You know what I mean? It's, it's with life together. And it's with coming along and speaking into their lives about their accomplishments and, and who they're becoming. We bless them and we love to do it, don't we? And you don't think the Heavenly Father a million times more loves to bless us. We are made in His image. And all throughout the Scriptures, we have this blessing. In, in Genesis 1, Adam and Eve are created in His image. And it says in Genesis 1.28, He blessed them. He said, be fruitful and multiply. And look at all that I've given you. I've given you every plant yielding seeds. Enjoy this wonderful garden. Do you remember to Abraham in Genesis 12? Abraham, I will bless you. Not only am I going to bless you, I'm going to bless all of your offspring. And and here's the deal. You are going to be a blessing to those that you come in contact with. So let me bless you and receive my blessing, and now go out and be a blessing. Blessings don't mean that there will be a lack of sorrow and pain in life, right? Sometimes we, we think that's the case. Well, if the Lord's blessing me, then I'm not going to go through hardship. And, but that's not the case. Remember in Matthew 5, blessed are the, those who mourn. And what's the blessing? They shall be comforted. In the middle of life, there is life. There's salvation in Christ. There's the blessings of his life in us. I appreciate what Eugene Peterson uh, mentions in his book, Long Obedience in the Same Direction. Jackson uh, referred to this uh, several weeks ago. Uh, it's It's a great book, by the way, on the Psalms of Ascent. You may want to pick it up. But here's what he says about the blessings that we see in the Scriptures. As, as men and women are being blessed, it's not something that's external. 
It's not a matter of having a good day or an occasional run of luck. It's an inner strength of the soul and the happiness that it creates, the vital power without which no living being can exist. Happiness cannot be given to a person as something lying outside of him. The action of God does not fall outside, but to the very center of the soul. Oh, how the Lord loves to bless our soul to the very core of our being. And he walks with us, and so we sing this song unto the Lord. Oh, we are blessed. You know, a lot of times when we engage and we're, we're searching out the Lord, and, and even maybe for the first time when we're trying to figure out what it means to become a Christian, and a lot of times we get to this place of, oh, I have to give up so much of my life to become a Christian. I have to give up so much of the way that I'm living to follow Christ. As though it's this great loss to enter into relationship with Jesus. But blessing in His presence, it's not a giving up of. It's not a subtraction, it's not a takeaway, but it's a filling of our souls, a receiving of all of Him, a forgiveness of our sins. What? I mean... I have to give up being lonely and filled with shame and living in sin and the burden of that. I have to give all that up. We think it's fun for the moment. And Christ says, oh, I want to bless you. And those pilgrims to Jerusalem were thanking God for his many blessings. That they were filled with every spiritual blessing. Hear the word of the Lord out of Ephesians 1. I just want to read this to you. It's a powerful passage. We, we've gone through Ephesians before, but it reminds us of, of a God who wants to bless us and the ways that He does bless us as we follow Him. Here's what it says. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to this, and this is true. Who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. So, Again, not not stuff. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as He chose us in Him, that's a blessing, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him, that's a blessing. In His radical love, that's a blessing. He predestined us for the adoption of sons. He adopted us as His children, that's a blessing through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace, with which He has blessed us in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through the blood. That's a blessing. For the forgiveness of our sins, according to the riches of His grace, that is a blessing. Which He's lavished upon us. He's just poured it out. Blessing, blessing, blessing in all wisdom and insight. He has made known to us the mystery of His will. That's a blessing. According to the purpose which He set forth in Christ. As a plan for the fullness of time. And He will unite all things in Him. That's a blessing. Things in heaven and things on earth. As though that was enough blessing. Oh no, He goes on. In Him we have obtained an inheritance blessing, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him 
who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that those who are first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him, when you heard the word of truth, just being given that was a blessing. The gospel of your salvation, and you believed in him, what a blessing. Then he pours out more. You were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. What a blessing. And that is guaranteed our inheritance until we acquire the possession of it to the praise of his glory. Can I get an amen? Amen. We are a blessed people. But boy, how we just kind of tend to live so self-focused on our lives and we forget and we're not thankful for all the blessings of Christ. I love these psalms because they remind us to sing this song, to remind how we have blessings in life, and, and in this case, how we can have blessings in our home, in our family life. We receive the blessing. We can have a blessed home. How can you have a happy home? You can have a happy home. Psalm 128 begins, As you learn to fear the Lord, as you learn to fear the Lord. Well, what does it mean to fear the Lord? Look what it says. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord and who walks in His ways. Well, what does that look like? It's not the, it's not the fear of the great and awesome Oz. It's not the fear of a great white shark attacking you out on the water. It's not that type of fear that He's speaking to. The fear of the Lord is this beautiful respect and reverence for God. It stems from the knowledge of our Lord. And it results in obedience that we walk in His ways. Just as we try to encourage our children to obey what we have for them because we know what's best for them as much as we can. And their love and their desire for us to walk in obedience. The Father desires the same but to walk in holiness, to walk in righteousness. The fear of the Lord stems from understanding something of His greatness, of His, of his power, of His absolute holiness. You see, our God is the God who, who spoke everything into being, the vastness of the universe, our, our person. He created us. He knit us together. I mean, it's that recognition of who our God is. And because of that, We are in awe and in reverence of God and who He is. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord in the home. He's amazing in what He's created. You see, the rebellious one thinks it's all by sheer chance. It's stupid. It's it's all science. And the psalmist cries out, There is no fear of God before their eyes. We fear Him because He's holy. And that if He had not revealed Himself, and if He had not sent His Son to allow us into relationship with Him, the consequence for our sin would be death. And yet He's given us life. And we recognize His holiness. And so we fear the Lord. We draw close. He mercifully made provision for us and invites us in. 
As we learn in our homes to fear the Lord, we, we learn to walk in obedience to His truth and what He has to say. You know, I, I don't think... I, I mean, I'm just amazed, and, and we've been talking about this, but I'm just amazed, you know, where culture continues to head. Just walking... Every man is doing what's right in his own eyes, it seems like, doesn't it? And I think as a people, as a body of Christ, as followers of Jesus... We're going to be challenged more and more and more. Are we going to walk in obedience to truth? As leaders of this church, are we going to stand firm and walk in obedience to truth? Just as, as we continue in our faith journey as pilgrims, are we going to walk in obedience to truth? And so in our homes, that means that we're bringing truth into our homes, that we are sharing truth and life together. Blessed, happy is everyone who fears the Lord and who walks in His ways. Proverbs 8.13 says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, that we, we don't want to support what is evil. A happy home puts the Lord first. Seeking first the kingdom of God, walking in His ways leads to a blessed, happy home. Then he says this, How can we have a happy home? It starts by the fear of the Lord. That's the first and foundational thing. And then it says, You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. You know, for us in in today's culture, we earn money and then we run over to Walmart or Winco and we buy the fruit of someone else's labor. That's just the way it works. There's not too many of us who are just farmers today. But what's it getting at? I think it's getting at a life that's not lazy. A life that isn't expecting a handout. It fills our soul with pride to work. And we are happy. And it's a happy home. You see, work is good. Work is good. Do you remember creation from the beginning? I'm going to have you oversee all of this garden and you're going to work in it. And it's a pleasure to work. God's created us to work. The curse came, and so there's toil with it. But it doesn't mean we can't enjoy the fruit of our labor. It doesn't mean that there's not blessing in the middle of it. It's hard, but it doesn't mean we can't have incredible joy and excitement about the work that God has allowed us to do. And in all things, we we work unto the Lord. And we thank God that we can have work. It isn't lazy. It isn't expecting a handout. You know, my son Caleb came home the other day. He, he said, hey, I'm going to go over to um, the Peterson's home and I'm going to go do some work over there. And uh, he worked for probably eight or nine hours a day. It was pretty hot. And he came home and, he, you know, he's just kind of covered in dirt and, and he looks, you know, pretty exhausted, but he's got a big smile on his face. And it's like, son, what, what did you do today? Oh, man, worked hard all day long. Well, what did you do? He goes, we built a gazebo. And he had, he had probably 30 pictures of the gazebo that he had just built. And he was so proud of all of his work that went into putting up this, this gazebo. And, and, you know, how he had to learn the angles and make the cuts and, and put up the beams. And it was hard work, but it gave him nothing but joy. And on top of that, he got paid for it, you know? <laughs> And that's good. Was it hard? Yeah. Did he sweat a lot? Yeah. 
But was he filled full of blessing and happiness? Yes. Blessed is the one. You will enjoy the fruit of your labor. Don't you think Jesus enjoyed his craftsmanship? He was a carpenter, by the way. He did a lot of hard work, but I think made some pretty wonderful things. And I bet he stepped back and went, man, that feels good. Not only as God did I speak everything into being, but with my hands, I'm doing all this. This is cool. I love it. And I want my children to enjoy that as well. It's good. It's blessed. As we fear the Lord, as we work unto the Lord, the labor of our hands shall do that. You see, the problem with all the government handouts, I believe, there are really people in need. There are. And I think we should try to help. But as you know, there's a lot of people just taking money. Here's what's happening. The problem is, and the reason that it's good to work, is that, is that it gives value to you, to your soul, to your creation. I worked with a dear friend of mine uh, in Washington, D.C. Her name's Cecily. And Cecily worked for the government where she would basically uh, try to provide work to the homeless in the streets in Washington, D.C. And so one day I'm with her in D.C., and we're walking the street, and sure enough, there's a homeless man. And so we, we literally said, hey, can we take you to lunch? And we took him to lunch and found out his story. And Cecily had every resource under the sun with the government in D.C. to help him in job placement, to get him clothing, to get him everything. And so we spent all this time, and we said, listen, Larry, what I want you to do is I want you to come on Monday and come to my office. And we took him to where the office is. I want you to come here, and, and we're going to start to get you work and he was so thankful, and he was thankful for lunch. And, and so Monday came, and we, we met, you know, we, Cecily and I were there Monday, and Larry didn't show up. And I go, you've got to be kidding. Why, why don't you think he showed up? And Cecily said, you know what? She goes, 90% of the people that I contact don't show up. They've lost all sense of worth. They haven't been working for so long, they have no value in themselves. And so they feel like there's no way in the world that I could actually do this because they've been out of work and literally not trying to work for so long. Work is good. It brings blessing. You know, it's wonderful to come home. And to, you know what, quite honestly, I don't know about you, but I actually kind of enjoy writing the check for my bills. There's a certain satisfaction like, you know what, I worked hard and God provided the money and I can pay these bills. There's a satisfaction in that. And you know, in the home, that brings a blessed home. And as you work together and as you provide and you're able to put food on the table, that's a home that is blessed. You enjoy the fruit of your labor. How can we have a happy home? Work hard. Work hard and seek work. You know, sometimes, I know some of you just can't work. You know, there's physical things. But if you are able, work. It's good for your soul and it brings happiness to your home. This verse kind of redeems, I think, some of the curse. Although it's labor and toil, our hearts are fulfilled at the outcome of our work. Happy is a home that fears the Lord. Happy is a home that labors and toils and enjoys the fruit of their labor. Happy is a home, the third part, comes from recognizing the blessing of your wife. Wives, you can thank me later. Happy home comes from recognizing the blessings of 
your wife. It says, she is a fruitful vine. Well, what's the imagery there? What's the Hebrew really saying? What the Hebrew is really saying is, is she's making babies and cooking dinner. I'm kidding. I was about right. I saw. I saw Linda. You're coming. You know, it's not that. You know, unfortunately, sometimes, you know, we read these passages and it's like, well, what am I, just a a baby maker and put dinner on the table? It's so much more than that. You know what? Those things actually, by the way, are, are beautiful, wonderful things. She's a beautiful vine, productive vine. What's the imagery? Well, part of it is she is productive. I think like the Proverbs 31 woman. It's a vine that is uh, healthy, by the way. Healthy vines produce fruit, right? Remember in John 15, he cuts the ones that aren't producing any fruit. Healthy. There's a healthiness in the home. And like the Proverbs 31 woman, she is a woman. The, the best asset about her is that she fears the Lord. Is that she fears the Lord. She's a beautiful vine who fears the Lord. She's productive in what she does. She's talented. She's gifted. And we husbands, we need to recognize that. And we need to speak that into our wives' lives. And thank them for how they're using their lives as they fear the Lord. A happy home is, is again, blessed by this beautiful woman. My wife, Kina, is seriously one of the most talented women I know. Her biggest... Beauty is that she does fear the Lord. And I'm learning over and over to continue to be thankful for that. But she's she's an amazing woman. I mean, the the woman... I I, I go to Taiwan and go uh, do some ministry over there. I come home, she's built a deck, you know? I'm like, all I did was go to Taiwan. You know, you built a deck. I just hopped on a plane, you know? She she can make anything. She's, She's incredibly talented. She's... With computers, I mean, it's amazing all she figures out, all these computer stuff. I'm still stuck in my 80s Mac from college, you know, the first MacBook or whatever it was, the desktop Mac. She's, she's amazing. Actually, she's been, you know, I told you she lost her job and she's been doing some interviews and it was really kind, but this one woman who was making a, a, a recommendation for her, she said this literally, she said, you better hire Kina, she can do anything. She can. And you know what? It's true. And I, I just go, wow, God, you're amazing. And she's awesome. That beautiful vine. A vine produces a place of rest. All throughout Scripture, you see that they rested under the vine. It gave them a place of shade and of joy. Like in the Song of Solomon, the vine, she's beautiful to us. We are drawn to her. We're thankful for your, not only your inner beauty... But your beauty, we love how beautiful you are. Gentlemen, speak that to your wives. Please. That brings a happy home. The vine produces grapes. And as we know, those grapes produce wine. And wine all throughout the scriptures is a symbol of joy. Oh, a happy home is recognizing the blessings of your wife. The vine was so important in ancient Israel And what an excellent, beautiful gift we have in our wives. The Proverbs say, An excellent wife is the crown of her husband. He who finds a wife has found a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Do we honor God by showing honor to our wives? I promise you, gentlemen, as you recognize the beauty, the talent, the gifts of your wife, you will have a happy home.
especially when she continues to be a woman who fears the Lord. Oh, happy is the home. A happy home comes from teaching and watching your children to grow in the Lord. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table, verse 3. The olive shoots are these productive, they're, they're growing, they're full of life and energy coming off of the main tree. There's a cultivation, you know, olive trees live for years and years and take years and years to mature. It's recognizing that they are going to mature. Bringing God's truth to the table as you mature these young olive shoots that are blossoming off. Olives, too, were important to Israel. They were used in an anointing of oil to the priest. They were used for light. They were used for food. They were used for medicine. They were of great value. Again, speaking value to your children like we talked about last week. Arrows in the hands of a warrior. They are a gift from God. Not an inconvenience. A gift from God, these beautiful children. Here's something that's really cool about the olive tree. When you have an olive tree, what happens is the roots go deep, and then they come out. And what happens is, is as they shoot out, they'll shoot out about 50 feet in all directions. And what you're going to get about 50 feet in all directions is these olive shoots coming up out of the ground. It seems like they're separate trees, but they're not. They're all rooted in to the main tree. Everything that's going on is happening under the surface. How do you have a blessed home? A happy home that you're feeding in to these olive shoots. Everything's happening under the surface. You can come to church and try to put on a happy face, but everything that God knows is what's happening under the surface. Are you ministering a life to your children about what it means to fear the Lord? Are you pouring into their lives so that they're starting to understand what it means to fear the Lord and trust in Him and obey in Him? See, it all happens under the surface, and then, boom, they sprout up. And so everything that goes on down here is what comes out. And if you've been speaking truth, and if you've been training in righteousness, then those sprouts are going to come up fearing the Lord. They are going to know truth. And even though they may walk away, boy, they are going to be drawn back to truth because you've given them that foundation. A happy home, a blessed home, is that which fears the Lord. Behold, take a look at this, verse 4. Thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. One who is learning to look to him and, and understand his awesomeness and revere him. And as grandparents and parents, we learn to fear the Lord together. And the outcome of all this, which is really cool, is a happy home as we're learning to fear the Lord together, it blesses the nation. It blesses the nation. Our life as a family that fears the Lord now pours out and blesses the nation. There is this blessing. Oh, blessings from Zion. That's the place where the temple was. That's the place where God dwelt. Blessings of God upon you. And oh, that you would see your grandchildren and the blessings, the outcome of all those who fear the Lord. Would there be peace in Jerusalem? What he's saying is, as we are living as people who fear the Lord, 
How can we have impact in our community? How can we have impact in Boise, Idaho, and all of the laws that are being made in the land? It's by living a life that fears the Lord, and then we bless. Oh, Abraham, you're going to be a blessing. We bless our nation and point them to the fear of God and drawing them close to Him. Do you long for a happy home? You can have that as we learn to fear the Lord our God. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your song, your psalm of ascent. I thank you for how much you love us and want to teach us and grow us up in you. And Father, bless our homes in this church family. Would you guide them and lead them and may we continue to seek your truth as we love our our wives, uh, as we love our children. Father, we want to live in you. Father, this, uh, this is a happy psalm and we are happy because we are blessed in you with salvation and with life and with resurrection power and all of your goodness. You have blessed us with every spiritual blessing And so, Father, together we thank you for your life in us. Amen.